And now my overlooked DVD of the week. And I'm actually so Night best. Trap! I, I actually got it right here, bitch! Ha! That's right, I actually got it on Blu-ray. I like this so much. This, this is the uh, Christmas Carol. And that's all I'm gonna tell you. Just Christmas Carol. You know, just that one. Just that one. There's only one, You remember right? that one? Yeah, with, with, with that Scrooge? guy who plays Scrooge? Right? Yeah. No, uh, the one I am talking about is the one with George C. Scott, which, uh, again, I guess seeing Rise of the Guardians makes me think of Christmas oh, and makes that, me think of... That was uh, the one with Mickey Mouse, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. George C. Scott swore at Mickey Mouse. Why do you put your hand in a pile of duck? That used to be your best friend's face! <laughs> You're not to know! <laughs> Um, I'd pay to see that movie. Actually. That would be cool. <laughs> Bring George C. Scott back from the dead. Give him out. If they already bought Star Wars, they can buy the corpse of George C. Scott. I like this idea. But anyway, we digress. Um, there's, as you know, a bajillion Christmas carols out there. Uh, this one really sort of gets to me the most, mostly because of George C. Scott's performance. I mean, this is a guy who was just born to play Patton and Scrooge, pretty much. Um, and for me, he's the best, he's the best Scrooge because, uh, I think when you think of George C. Scott in this role, you would think of him as screaming and yelling and ah, but he's actually much more reserved and he knows just the right level to play it, that he is a grump, but he's not the most miserable person in the world, even though I think the script tries to write him he, as he more miserable whispers as he probably his is. screams, is that it? Uh, sort of, is it? No, no, what I like is that he will... <laughs> You know, my, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is his introduction when the, the nephew comes in and says, Merry Christmas, Uncle. And he just does a turn, but like, are you talking to me? And then he just starts laughing, like just such a genuine laugh, like, <laughs> humbug. It's the only genuine humbug I've ever heard out of a, out of a Scrooge, because it's very hard to make that word sound legit. But he just laughs it and it just, he sells it throughout the entire film. Um, and the, the rest of it is good, and they do some very creative stuff, say, like, with the ghost of, uh, uh, Christmas Future, which is always the most fun ghost. You know, that's always when you can get the most creative with and the most creepy with. Uh, the and... The most creepy was still Pete. <laughs> Why yours, <laughs> Uh... It's the only one that smoked, too, in a <laughs> Disney film, right? He was <laughs> up with that. That was awesome. He was totally chomping on a snack. You know what? We should have made that the pick. <laughs> that, that, that actually is a good one, too. See the Disney one. It is good. The, we'll do that next. Scrooge, week. The Scrooge. Uh, the Uncle Scrooge one, not the, the Mickey Mouse one, not the uh, Jim Carrey one. Disney Christmas Carol. The cartoon one is actually more subtle than the one with the Jim Carrey, which is also a cartoon. But again, we're getting sidetracked. It mostly follows the story. It was the first one I saw that followed the story uh, closer than other versions uh did and they had scenes that i remember seeing when i was younger just like oh i i don't remember this i don't recall seeing this in the other versions i've seen now everybody of course tries to tell the story word for word as close as they can uh and this one does take liberties and again it's not perfect there are uh flaws in it there are one or two ever moments mind of... liberties uh, particularly i i hate strict adaptations of mm -hmm. books i wish any screenwriter that wants to copy it word for word and be like, I'm gonna use every single exact scene in that. Just read the it. book. Yeah, I'm like, like people go nuts for things like Lord of the Rings. Like, oh, you changed it. The elves didn't come in, and the helm's deep, and the. Your job is to make a movie. It's not to retell the book. Otherwise, your job is to adapt the book. Yeah, the book. it's so, not just tell the book. It's if um, you if the changes are better, then they're always, you know, worth it. Um, now, were the changes better? <laughs> Uh, some were. Um, the stuff, like, they play around with some of the ages of the characters, 
uh, which they do in a lot of other versions too. I mean, the stuff they change in this version is stuff they usually change in other versions. Um, you know, but one of the things I like, like the Ghost of Christmas Future, which I thought was very clever, uh, was always constantly in the distance. You know, he's far away, so you can never quite see him, and he always sort of float by, and I thought that was kind of cool. the future. The ghost actually gets closer and closer as well. Um, and I like that. I like it. It's the, you know, that horrible looming of what's to come, and, you know, the fear of it getting closer and closer. Um, but again, for me, the big... It does have good atmosphere. Sometimes the acting is overacting or underacting at times. Um... But the real selling point is George C. Scott. If you just want to see an unbelievable scene in a, in a Christmas Carol uh, uh, adaptation, look at the scene where he is looking at his father in the past, now as an old man, probably the same age as his father now, looking at him yell at his younger self. And the face he gives that father is such an unbelievable face. It's such an unbelievable performance. He's my favorite Scrooge, and I think because of that, it's my favorite version, even though there's probably versions that are closer or do, you know, have better ideas or something. It really is his performance that when I well, think of Scrooge, I, I think of him and Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, I, I think you're touching on something, which is, and it sounds so elementary, but I think a lot of Christmas carols get this wrong, is you have only two characters you need to successfully pull off in a Christmas carol. You need a good Scrooge, and you at least need a decent Cratchit. Mm. You know, and David Warner is the Cratchit. Yeah, so he is. Very um, and I'm always amazed that it's such a simple answer, and so many of them, I think, just get it wrong. The Scrooge is either too grumpy, or he's not powerful enough, or he's too kind of uh, too, cartoonish. Yeah, too whiny, or or, or too powerful too. You know, I, I think uh, the most and the the the, Cratch, the Cratchits are always a similar thing. You know, they're either so browbeaten they have no character, yeah. or or they have you know they essentially just are just there as a plot device, which is always what Tiny Tim is. But I can yeah. I I can give that a pass. All Tiny Tim needs to do is sit there, deliver his one guys. line. This Tiny Tim is awful, by the way, in this movie. It's a horrible Tiny Tim. I'm sorry, I'm sure you're grown up now, but you were awful. <laughs> it's one of the worst Tiny Tims I've ever Merry seen. Merry Christmas, <laughs> poor child actor. <laughs> but but I, I do love this version, but the Tiny Tim is wretched. Um, I will say this, they do make him look sick, which is something rare you see for Tiny Tim. Yeah, my problem with Tiny Tims is they're always supposed to be dying, and yet they obviously look like they just got pranced onto, you know, thrown onto set, you know, and, you know, with rosy cheeks and everything. I was like, you this look kid fine. looks sick. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, this looks like a dying kid, but, you know, he acts like he's already dead. But the, the Scrooge in this film, because I agree with you, is uh, another reason why I also like the Alistair uh, Sim version a lot. That is a good one, too. Um, both of those Scrooges, I get the feeling, a little more with the Alistair Sim, but I think it's buried deep down in there, particularly the scene you mentioned where he laughs, there's a part of them that I think they're self-aware to some certain degree that they're playing their intended audience, which is something a lot of Scrooges don't get. A lot of Scrooges think they're just like, I'm evil, I'm bad, I'm grumpy. There's something about Alistair Sim and George C. Scott that they have that little grin, that mischievous sort of sneer, almost like when they say things, you know, like they should be boiled in their own pudding, that they know that what they're saying is so outrageous that they're looking for the rise out of someone else. Like, yeah, they're I hate Christmas, but I really also just want to get a rise out of you. Like, I'm going to play this up so much just because I don't like the holiday and, ooh, dance puppets, dance, you know? And that mischievous quality is something that I think makes Scrooge in some ways endearing because all you've done is taken that quality 
that mischievous quality for bad in the first part of the story, and Dickens, I think, twists it on its edge. So it, at the end, he's still mischievous. He comes in faking chewing crash yeah, out. Hiding the toys, he's a dick. It's the same reason, <laughs> but he's you a like, nice dick. It's now. the same reason you like the Grinch. You have yeah. to have some likability. And I, I will say the most important thing. And this is something is a weird comparison. Well, the Grinch, uh, I will say this: okay. the Grinch in particular. That's a great example because when the Grinch is stealing things, that Tim Curry. We say Tim Curry now. The Grinch came first, but that Tim Curry grin, like from Home Alone two, he loves his job. Like yeah. you have to have some love of what you're doing and some love of mischief to make that work on both angles, good and bad. So. And I, I'll give a great example of one where I, I think went too far, and a lot of people are gonna hate me for it. Uh, Michael Caine in the Muppet one, I don't think it's a good Scrooge. And the you don't want Michael Caine? I don't want Michael Caine. But it was a bad Scrooge I want a Muppet. Um, and the thing that really annoys me, and that this isn't necessarily his fault, but the, that Scrooge was written in a way where he was supposed to have no humanity at all at first. I don't think that's right because it's you can't written do that. No, it's written that Scrooge gives Cratchit a day off. That is the little bit of kindness that is still in there. And in the Muppet one, uh, they say that, you know, if you close down, it'll actually be more profitable if you do this. And that's why he gives in. And that is not right. That is a real crime in my opinion. Well, and uh, the problem uh, is character. there always is still, I mean, that was the point of the Dickens tale, there always is still that love of Christmas buried underneath there when he sees old Fezziwig, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the past, you know, when he reminisces about his sister, that humanity was always there, it was just buried. Yeah, it just because, has to be brought up again. Yeah, you know, when he realizes he made a mistake throwing the love of his life out, you know, it, it, it always is there, and I think to just dehumanize him is the biggest mistake bad Christmas carols make. So I, the, the one you picked in the Alistair Sim, I think are good. Um, I, <laughs> you know what? We're here. The Disney one is really good too. It is a good one. And the Disney <laughs> one does the same thing. And it's very short, but you know what? It gets the most important uh, element and they hit every mark. Economy of storytelling. If all Christmas carols could be 30 minutes long, the world would be a better place because that film hit every single note it needed to, did it with cartoon characters we know and like, and gave Scrooge McDuck a, a real character. I mean, DuckTales came out after that. That relaunched Scrooge as a character. Um, and it was the same thing. He had humanity. When he goes back in time and sees old Fezziwig, he's genuinely happy. When he sees himself breaking up, he's like, you know, spit it, don't show me these things. <laughs> I cheat! Yeah, and at the end, you know, when he... <laughs> spit it. Whose grave is this? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You, you should do his voice if. Uh, well, no, I forget. The guy's still Spirit, alive. Spirit, I, I change. Oh, Alan Young, he's very is much that, alive. Okay, yeah. yeah, so he's still. I think he is. I, God, dear God, I hope he is. I'd be depressed. If he's that, not. that would be sad if he's gone. No, and a great Alan Young, but like Alan Young, Scrooge, and it's his best Scrooge performance ever. I mean, Ducktales was for fun. You don't get yeah. a lot of emotion. They have to do like actual emotion here. Yeah, he he, he really nailed it. he nailed it in that production and great casting too. I know it sounds ridiculous, how do you cast a Disney movie, but they cast all the proper characters for who they should be. I mean, be. let's be honest, Mickey Mouse as Cratchit is fucking ingenious. That's like, ingenious. You can't like Peter a character more. The giant as Christmas present, Jiminy Cricket as Christmas past. You know, I, I mean, it's just like... Of Pete as the one of you. Why, it's yours, Ebenezer. <laughs> so, but, I mean, so... That's two good Christmas carols, right? Three great Christmas carols. Three, if you include the, the Alistair uh, 
uh, Sims 1. Uh, so you got Morning Park in four. Yeah, so there, that's like three fast reviews for you there. But, uh, you know, the, like I said, the one George he's got is often uh, overlooked and not looked at nearly enough. And I think it's definitely worth checking out. So go see it, enjoy it, and then watch Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Spit it. Spit it.